Christoph Amen was and Patrick Grassland. Keep it moving podcast. We talk about this man a lot on our podcast because not only did he change the game, the mixtape world, but he kind of broke a lot of doors for us to build our business back in 2004, 2005. DJ, who kid? What's going on, man? Good. What up, what up? Never, he's not aged. He still looks the same. <laughs> oh, man, I got a hat. I got my hair cut on Thursday. <laughs> so I got this guy. Um, he also uh, trained uh, uh, LeBron James's barber to take care of LeBron's hairline. Oh yeah, my shit. So he be spraying my shit with ink, (laughs) fucking it. Like I got like this fake hair that they put on the side, like the actors use. So you know when they get like the fake mustaches and the beards, they put it on my hairline. So it just looks like, and then he cut it, and then now I look like, you know, I could get a young bitch. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. So who kid? I want to start. I want to start from like the mixtape era. Like I know you told this story a thousand times, but like for our listeners that probably not as familiar with the mixtape scene. How important was it for you, your career, and what you, how you started, how do you get into it? Just like let the listeners know, man. Um, uh, what, I mean, I think dealing with 50 Cent, I, I used to do mixtapes as a hobby, and then I didn't know there was a marketing value to it until I linked up with 50 Cent. Um, a mixtape is very vital because, uh, you know, back then people, I mean, now people do albums and like fucking, like a week and then they just drop it on fucking Spotify or whatever. But back then, um, the Snoop Dogs and the Dr. Dre's and all them, they took like six, seven months to like put out a project out. So 50 Cent, he was on that same shit too. Cause Get Rich or Die Trying, um, it took us, I don't know, maybe like eight months or seven months to do, but he didn't want to like be dormant in the studio working and then nothing is out there. So. We decided to steal everybody's fucking songs and do them over. That's what we had, man. We had he had regular beef, but we even had beef with <laughs> artists. Like I, we had beef with L. Cool J. I mean, like random people was like mad because they were they were playing like the Hot 97 or whatever. Any radio station was playing 50 Cent's version more than the single of the person that we stole from, even wow. though the person was still getting paid because we took the instrumental. They, I mean, we made them more money anyway. But at the end of the day they were getting shuffled out the popularity uh, spot because we took it over and then they liked our version. And then uh, back then mixtapes was so hot that it kept us current. And then at the same time, it kept 50 Cent aware of who got who got what that's hot, who what's hot, whatever. So while we're like working and cooking, we still like kicking ass out there so with other people's shit, which is crazy. And how, how was the business on that? like? Because these um, people will physically go and buy these. Yeah, like I said, we made the artist money because at the end of the day, when you take the instrumentals from the artists, their spin cycle that we gave them, they made money. So, mm, at so the end the op, day, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, they shouldn't complain. But me, I was like dealing with the bootleggers and, and at, <laughs> at every race. Like I had fucking uh, Irish mob, I had the Asians, I had like Europe, I had this European... Irish dude that I, he would fly in from like Ireland and meet me and then he'll just buy my masters and he takes it back. He'll buy it for like three, four thousand dollars. Then he'll just like sell it all over like UK and Ireland and 
I never give a fuck. Um, until uh, I, I I fucking went to the labels and then I upgraded it. I, I went into the um, distribution room. I was just being nosy. And then I, mm. I saw that they had like this thick fucking uh, store list where like Sony, Interscope, Def Jam, like all of them had this room that had like their own like distribution list where they would send the, the actual album to all the stores. And then I saw like fucking, Tower Records and shit like that. Like, then those, those places don't exist anymore because nah. we fucked it up with the technology. <laughs> but, but there was, but there was no rules back then. There was no, like, I think me and Fifty Cent created the cease and desist list for music because mm. there was no rules. So, because mm. so imagine back then, the drug dealing was crazy too. Because like cocaine cowboys and all that, there was no rules. Like they created the CIA. Because can you imagine like? like eight years or 10 years of selling drugs, but there's no rules, nobody knows what's going on and they finally get caught by the CIA or FBI. So that's how we were. There was no rules with us. So mm. imagine like, I just was curious. I, I stole, I, I took the list and I copied the whole list. I, I ran to this place called Kinko's in New York. It's, it's, a, it's a printing place where we used to do our mixtape covers. So I hurried up and printed it and then I brought it back before they figured it was missing. So it's every store in America, every fucking mom and pop, Every just like so, I just had like two Mexican kids. My ex-wife at that time who was like my girl, so she, we we needed like a soft voice to call all the stores, and then all she had to do, and plus she was like fucking, you know, she's Japanese, so she's like <laughs> all that weird shit. So she's mad fucking smart, so she's talking like she, you know, she graduated from Cornell, so she's talking like very educational to these idiots. That's in these mom and pop stores. So she actually sounded like a label. We didn't even know that we were a label. That We didn't know that we were acting like a label. We were just yeah. calling every store on that list until everyone hit. And then once they heard G-Unit 50 Cent, they would buy like 10 CDs, 20 CDs. Then it came to a point where I had over like 300 stores I would do COD with. So then, <laughs> so we just send this, every time I would drop, we would, we would make sure that we mail them out first before I, because once I drop in the streets in New York, is over, it's bootleg, everybody has this. And then back then there was no internet. So the bootlegging, that means 50 Cent had to be super hot that if I drop it in the city and everybody has it, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. not like now where you could download it and then everybody has it in two seconds, you know? But back then it's like, I could not drop it in the, in the city. So I would have to wait for my CODs to get there. And once they get there, I go, I go like Friday, because everybody comes out on Friday, all the kids, high school, everybody comes out and they're searching for like new CDs. And then I had to watch DJ Clue also because mm -hmm. DJ Clue was like my arch enemy at that time. Not, yeah. not beefing, but no, if he not. drops, you really have to wait, you know? But but once mm -hmm. I got into the 50 Cent shit, I didn't even need, I didn't care if Clue dropped anymore because yeah. I had a, a one artist mixtape, you understand? So collecting the money was crazy because I was ODing. I had like a, I had a yellow Lamborghini at that time. And I really didn't give a fuck. That tells you how much there was no rules because I would put the mixtapes or because it wasn't even like CDs. I would put like boxes of mixtapes in my Lambo. And, you know, it's in the front. So there's no trunk. So I would pop the front, put mad boxes in there. And I, and I would drive to all the African spots, all Canal Street, Brooklyn, like all five boroughs. I would just drive around, collect money. And then once they saw my yellow lamb, that was like kind of like my, my, my code because I didn't, you know, I don't want to waste my time texting them and calling them. So it, it's so busy out there. But once they see that yellow Lamborghini, they knew it was me. They're getting their That's money cool ready. Side. Yeah, they got their money ready. They hurry up <laughs> and they take, they take the box. But 
I didn't run and give it to them quick because there was no, we weren't getting in trouble. There was no loot, there was no loss. So I took my time. I, I used to send my ex-girl out there, pick up the money. Like she she knew every African bootlegger. Like really Africans is the reason why 50 Cent is big. Like they fucking bootlegged us so much and they bootlegged our bootleg. You know what I'm saying? So if it wasn't really for Africans, 50 Cent wouldn't be big. And I, and I woke up when I went to Thailand and I just went to the flea market in Thailand and an African nigga saw me. He was like, holy shit, DJ Wolke, I can't believe you're here. I was like, DJ, how you know it's me? He's like, look, I have all your mixtapes right here. I was like, I'm in <laughs> fucking Bangkok. And this guy got all the G-Unit fucking mixtapes. And he's cool, selling them like at the flea market. That's when I knew that this shit is crazy. Like this shit is everywhere. You know what I'm Yo, saying? I, I remember like Q, uh, God rest in peace. World Star, yeah, yeah. World Star Q. He was managing you or was involved in your business at some point, right? Early on, we actually, um, me and him actually started World Star, um, but it was it was just a mixtape. He was selling my mixtapes at that time. He reached out to me and oh, was did. like, "Yeah, so we we start talking. This is how we got into business." He, and I was a big fan of your mixtapes because those G unit they were hilarious, especially the Jaru ones. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> fifty just going in on him, and you know, like it was just the, it was just the, the momentum was fucking crazy, like. In the UK, everybody was bumping 50 Cent G-Unit and the mixtape. So I was like, cute, yo, I want to buy these mixtapes. And he was like, yo, you pay this, you get this, we'll give you that, we'll get hoops to do a drop, we'll get this. And I think I brought like, maybe like 50 mixtapes. That's not early, that's really early. That's like before I even did anything. That's so early. Before you ever came to, yeah, before you guys even came to Europe. Oh, so really? I was selling these mixtapes. I was going out flowering the clubs and I was trying to sell these mixtapes. <laughs> and then when when get get rich Die try when get rich Die try came out, I already had all these mixtapes. So I was God. going to these stores like loads of people at record stores back then, those independent record stores. So I'd go there and I'll sell it to like ten pounds, five pounds. <laughs> so I was like, yo, let's flip. So I was selling all these mixtapes. So I got Wait, so you was bootlegging them as well. <laughs> I, no, I, I was I was no, no, no. You know what I was doing? I was buying them. Yeah, like and selling them as they were because I didn't know how to like get the covers done and yeah. I wanted I to be original. I wanted like people to be like, "Yo, this is from US." Because remember yeah. at that time, anything from New York was big. So imagine you going with like, like, "Yo, these are who kids like mixtapes," and I got enough money that I said to who kid, "Yo, I want to." Uh, no, sorry, Q. I was like, "Yo, I want to book who kid now. I want to bring him to UK <laughs> and do shows." And he's like, yo, give me 10 Gs. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> he's like, 10 Gs, two business class flights. I'm like, two for who? Like, me and him. I was like, yo, you can chill out and coach. <laughs> and I remember, I think it was two. Th okay, so there's, there's two stories here. Like, so there was another guy that was involved in your business. And I think you didn't fuck with him after that. So this is Get Rich Try Try and came out. 50 was a superstar. G Unit was everywhere. You guys were touring. And I was just trying to book you. I wasn't trying to book to you. Now. I wasn't trying to book 50. I was just trying to get Who Kid. I was like, yo, if I can start with Who Kid, I know we're onto something because this dude gets all the new music. If you can tell me, yo, you're going to play all the records. So there was a guy called John from London. Oh, my God. What a loser. Right. So he's like, yo, he's like, yo, he's like, yo, I represent Who Kid. Yo, this story is facts. I've got the flyer for this. I'll put the flyer on the podcast. So he goes to me, yo. I represent uh, Who Kid in London. Q had disappeared on me. I don't know what happened. So 
this is MySpace days. So you couldn't really like find people on social media. Like I couldn't go, I couldn't go on Instagram and look for a kid. I had to go for like MySpace and stuff. So John was like, yo, I'll put a cool kid for you. I was like, cool. So I gave him the money. We put a flyer out. Everything was going. What? On the day of, he called me. He's like, yo, who kid can't do the show? I'm like, what do you mean who, can't, who kid can't do the show? He's like, yo, so basically he's not allowed in the country. He made some bullshit up. But I'll have no access to you or Q. Q disappeared on me. So I, was, I was like, yo, I if I cancel this event, I'm done. Like, my name is done. This oh, is yeah, 2000, 2005, four. Damn. So John was like, yo, like, I've got a friend who can DJ. And I was like, yo, fuck that. Have you got a friend that looks like Fuki? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he, goes, he, goes, <laughs> he goes, yo, I actually have. I said, yo, put him on the phone. Put me on the phone. I said, send me a picture. He sent me a picture. And I started talking to this guy. And he was a British guy. And I was like, yo, do you have a fake American accent? And then he started doing a fake American accent. I was like, yo, come, come. We're doing this party. We're going to do it. And then John was like, yo, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Who kid's going to be crazy? I said, yo, fuck you. I'm you too. Like, <laughs> like, I need this to happen. He's like, yeah, but what, what happens if people find out? I said, yeah, no one's going to get close to him. We're going <laughs> to give him the G-Unit hat. Like, I went and bought, I bought, G-Unit, I bought G-Unit snapback, T-shirt, vest, everything. So, yo, this uh, dude was like six foot six. He was a basketball player. So, you know, so he comes to the club. This is Bedford. This is where I used to do my nights at. And I said, yo, just play G-Unit 50 Cent. Don't play nothing else. Like, you know me. I'm always telling the DJ what to play. He's like, yo, let me play the LL Cool J. I'm like, no, fuck all that. Play G-Unit. Because that's what people, yo, the night was packed out. There's a thousand people there. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Shit was packed out. And this dude played. 45 minutes later, I was like, yo, let's dip. And people were like, can I take pictures? Can I take pictures? I was like, nah, nah, yo, we're bouncing. Yo, we, we got out the back door. I got him in the car. Like, the, I gave him 500 bucks. I was like, yo, take that. Get the fuck out of here. And then I think a year later, two years later, we ended up, I ended up doing a deal with you. You came over to Europe. That's crazy. London, we did Scotland. That's the first time I met you, but I never told you the story. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know what you were like. I thought you like, you might be like, you might be a gangster. Somebody sent me, somebody sent me photos of him though. Like DJing, it was funny as fuck. That's probably what it was, yeah. And I was like, yo, who can't be mad at that? That's bootlegging what he does. Version of it. That's mad that you got away with it, though, man. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I, I mean, I, there's been like three, four fake who kids all over. Like, I, there was a Spanish one. He said 50 cent, but he's kept talking Spanish, so nobody wanted to believe him. <laughs> and then I had like an Indian who kid, too. Like, it's crazy. Like, he was in uh, Hyderabad. Touring and shit, trying to do some shit, but I don't know why they thought I was India. Because I went to India one time, I did a tour in India, and I met this kid, and then and he like he put his hat backwards, and then and then he made believe that I had stayed there. I decided to live in India. Like he, he everybody believed him. Like who kid is India? And he toured. He did like four or five clubs before he and got. The, and the thing that the, the the best thing about getting you to come over was people was so gassed on your mixtapes when they finally got to see you physically perform. It was like you, you were talking shit on the mic. They were laughing. They was excited. It was, good, it was This is before like social media. People got to understand like people danced and people were partying then, not like, like it is now, but people really enjoyed your sets. And then you had that fucking big ass 
chain, man. I think you had the G, the buck one. Yo, this guy, this guy was well, the, the Ronan Will one. Yo, Pat, this guy was so Yo. scared to go to the club with me. Man. He thought we were gonna get killed, man. He only thought it was the last night. Like he'd be like, "Yo, put that shit away." I was like, no, I'll be like, "Yo, you're walking around with diamonds and shit." And <laughs> he's like, "Man, don't worry, we're from New York, man." Like you gotta remember, like, this. "Yo, we're in Scotland. We're in, like Nottingham. Yeah. We're in Scotland. We're like." We're in like London, we're in different places. And I just like, but what I realized about Hook Kid was he's such an accessible, genuine person that people wouldn't want to rob him. They want to party with him. Actually, I actually got a pass. Remember I got a pass. There was a a robber that came, I think to Brixton or whatever. And then he came there to rob me. And then he met like another robber that I was with. And the robber told Mm -hmm. him, yo, don't fuck with Hook Kid. Let's give him the pass. No, don't rob him. I think Pat Mm -hmm. was with me at that time, I think. I I'm think not, you told me about it, yeah. yeah. I think it was after, and I met you after, and you told me. But that's weird that robbers are, like, stopping other robbers from, like, <laughs> only in London, though. Like, no, but that's because that's that's kind of good, right? That's good that I'm getting, like, passes, like, yo, we don't need to rob him, leave him alone, he's mm. cool. Because mm. remember, that that's the same time period where you told me that um I should start fucking with, um because, you know, DJing clubs, you can't, get away from like seeing like the other songs that was killing the club. So if I see Skepta, I see fucking that, remember that POW song, that POW, POW, and I used yeah, to say POW. Be, yeah. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's so ironic that he actually did like a remix version with my name on it, because I always used to say POW, you know? But you mm. used to tell me, yo, I gotta start fucking with UK artists. So it's it, 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 my value becomes bigger when I come, when I come back, cause you know, you don't want to be the New York DJ that keeps coming back and play all the fucking shit and leave. And then it's like, you don't give a fuck about the culture in, in, in London nah. or wherever. So I, I took that same concept that you told me. And then I did like all the French, I did all the French artists like Booba. I did fucking Irish. I did Asian. I did like, I just finally did an African guy, Nasty C. So now yeah. I got a, I got a DNA in Africa, but that's from the experience of like, doing all the UK guys. And now you see all the UK guys are out of here, like Gig, Skepta, Tiny Temple. I put Tiny Temple with Wiz Khalifa in, in New York, because he was one of the first ones to come to New York. I had Skepta, yeah. you know me, I'm a pervert. Like I have the video of Skepta under pussy. Like he was the mechanic <laughs> of my show. Like I, I don't even want to put that video out. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a different <laughs> man now. He's very respected, but he was like the mechanic. Like. Cause I had this thing where I had bitches with their booties up. Cause I used to have Cardi B stripping. Little does he know that same show he was on, Cardi B was stripping on my show. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's when she was a stripper. And then I did this thing called the on-air pool party. So I had Mm -hmm. all the famous like strippers of New York come and I give them 150 bucks each to do whatever. And then I wanted to make Skepta look like to impress him because he's coming from the UK. So I wanted him to go back with the ultimate memory, you know what I'm saying? So he don't even remember this shit, but the, I think he was under, I think, who's now Fetty Wap's baby mom's, like, but he was the mechanic, like, he was under the pussy, you know, like we used to call it under the hood. But I have this video, I'm not putting it out because Skepta's a different man now, you know what I'm saying? Like, very <laughs> famous. I'm like, yeah. I believe that for my, like, Netflix movie or some shit, man. But, <laughs> but but even Skepta would tell you, man, he had a great time and he went back and and I stood up like to the legends of what I do in America. Like my show is not like you know I always laugh at you know uh, you know Tim Westwood and all these guys how they do their shows and shit. 
And I'm like, yo, what the fuck kind of radio show is this? Everybody's talking proper, no cursing, no no naked bitches and shit. I'm like, this is whack. So I had to like bring these guys down to where I'm at and they experience like my real, like Howard Stern type shit in America. But you know how I am in the clubs. It's the same everywhere I go. The energy is the same. Like, yo, know, Amir has been telling me, yo, you gotta chill, man. This is a corporate event. This is like, <laughs> this is the queen's nieces. They're, they're here. He's like, he's like, fuck you know, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo, Matt, yo, Matt, we've done so much legendary random shit, but Amir always was the angel on my shoulder. Like, he always be like, yo, you gotta chill, man. I know you be wilding out, and I do. You know, I, yo, I don't wanna, I don't wanna know how you guys, I mean, you guys never had a divorce back then, but. <laughs> I was falling out with the hoes, you know what I'm saying? I was I going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going crazy <laughs> Yo, so the the time you were collaborating with the UK acts, you did a we did a a collaboration with the Wiley mixtape, and then you went oh on my tour. God. Yo, yo. So, so Wiley actually came to Who Kids shows that we put together the tour. Yeah, but it, it was a Who Kid, Who Kid and Wiley. Mixed yeah. tour, right? Yeah. Both of y'all had heart attacks, man. Both of y'all had like eight heart attacks every day. <laughs> <laughs> we was like, yo, have you spoken to Wiley yet? He's like, yeah, yeah, he's coming. <laughs> you know what it is? Because you guys got the money. Y'all got all the money for all the shows. And y'all did not want that yeah. shit to get fucked up. And yeah, it was perfect until the last show in his own city, which was like, <laughs> we, we slept. We should have just did everything we did every day. Like we called him, we make sure he ain't drunk or whatever, or he ain't. He was there. Up. He was there before us. He used to turn up waiting outside the club by himself. Yeah. <laughs> he was there. He was. He was there. He was, Actually, he was there before us. Like he'd be at the was, club. Yeah. So, but I kind of like stressed him out. Like I was like, "Yo, I I heard about your because remember he didn't come to Tim Westwood show. Mm, yeah. but I, me, I, Tim West was like, "Yo, I bet you like a thousand quid this nigga's not coming up here." You know what I'm saying? And he, he never even showed up. I was like, what is going on here? We're about to go on tour the next day. And he didn't even come to like the biggest radio show to promote, like I had to promote the tour. People were like, even Tim Weber <laughs> yeah. was like, yo man, it, it's a miracle if you get him to go like to at least one show. But when he did one show, he did the second show, the third show, the fourth show. I was like, yo, all of us was calm. We were like, yo, he's gonna do the last show. The last show is yeah, his town, where he's from. Why would it we like, need It was like the final hurdle, man. And then my card- It, it was sold out, right? Was, what was yeah. his excuse? What, what was his excuse for not he coming? He said he joined, he fell asleep. That's it. He said he fell asleep, yeah. Was, yeah. was he watching he telly or something like that and he fell asleep? He said, he said I'm, yo, but I, I like his honesty though. He was like, I'm gonna keep it real. Yeah. I got yeah. drunk and I fell asleep. And I, I woke up like three in the morning and I was like, okay. Listen, nine out of 10 for Wiley is a big deal. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> big deal. And you did the you did the mixtape, you did the, all the shows. It was it was sick. We brought gigs out to one of the shows yeah. too. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And then you done you done a mixtape after that with um, with gigs, right? And Tiny Temper. Yeah, I did gigs. I did gets. And gets, yeah. I did, uh, I did another artist too. I did like almost like eight artists in the UK, and most of them. And to our to our listeners, that Who Kid was the first one to to make that happen, that, that connection. Who is one of the pioneers of mixtapes? Like, yeah, facts. Like, what, what people need to understand is like the reason we speak a lot about him in the in the first couple of episodes is when he was putting these mixtapes out. That's what got us like listening to it and thinking, yo, like this guy's got no format. This is just like, yo, we're gonna put a bunch of songs together. We're gonna steal people's beats. We're gonna curse people the fuck out, especially like 50, 
50s obviously always been a gangster like <laughs> you just like okay there's a and then the marketing behind it like just visuals funny pictures like who kids face and everything so you just like okay right there's something going on here like we we need to get involved in this because it was so new because you couldn't go to Interscope and say yo let's work together they'd be like yo get the fuck out of here but I knew like yo what who kid was doing and then Green Lion, DJ Drama, Clinton Sparks, Mick Boogie, all these guys basically was following that kind of like, kind of like blueprint. And I feel like Who Kid was the first one there. And then when Who Kid, you finally meet him, you realize, yo, he's easygoing, he's accessible, he's willing to work, he's willing to fuck with everybody, and he's a likable person. So I think a lot of lot of artists to this day on still fuck with Who Kid because he's that guy. Bro, I'll be talking to gigs like every three weeks, maybe we text each other or he call me, FaceTime me. He's always like relaxing somewhere, like shit like that. But it's good to have those kind of relationships. So when you go to London, you know, you're well taken care of. You remember we went to that restaurant in- um, Yeah, like the Caribbean. Kings took us. Yeah. And you got drunk and he's got you mad drunk before, Bro, the, club. That before, before the club. Yeah, he was drunk. I was lit. And then uh, it's funny, you took me, oh, it was Pat that took me to some club and then we weren't supposed to go there. And Takashi was in there, remember? And oh, I, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, yo, we gotta get the fuck out of here. You gotta be up here fucked up with Takashi. Uh, I think it was Takashi and uh, A Boogie with the hoodie. So Pat was like, yo, who is enjoying himself too much? Because, you know, for me to see like a new, some New York motherfuckers, like, that, that's like, it's like the coolest shit. So I was like, I'm Mary ain't gonna care if I get to the club late. Yo, Pat was like, yo, let's get, get the fuck out of here, man. This is crazy, man. Takashi, and what's the name was there? Uh, uh, what, what's that, the girl rapper? Uh, uh, Steph Lund. Yeah, Steph Lund yeah. was there. So I was kicking in with her. I take. Yeah. So, so it, it, it was a good look, but I always respected uh, uh, music in general. So I always wanted to like assimilate to, to figure it out. And thank God I do radio. So not only am I the first to do their tapes, but I'm the first to play them in, in America because my show is like Tim Westwood's show. The whole America listens to my show. It's like the whole UK listens to, you know, Tim or... Charlie Sloth. But, but, but mm. another thing is I have access to any radio show in it all over the world too. Like if I go to Japan, I go to the best show there and then there's no scheduling. I'd be like, yo, I'm in town. And they let me up there. If I'm in fucking, you know, I, got, I go to BBC, I'm in town. They want me up and so I took full advantage of like, you know, having these accesses and respecting the music of each culture. Same shit in France. If I go to France, I'm with Cut Killer, you know, and everybody's going, so it's, I, I think I've always been blessed to understand the marketing aspect and grow with the technology where now is like, I'm doing like Japanese now, I'm doing Korean, I'm doing like fucking, cause it's like, these DJs in America, they're just like, they staying in one box. I've never wanted to be in that box. That's why I'm so busy. I have so much shit going on. And I and, and, and I designed my radio show. Like, come on, I have Eminem as my boss. So mm. if you, it, it, I designed it for like 15 years where I could play anything on there. So if I'm playing like gigs, who's like very British and the, the accent is, is, is damn near right there, people just, like the fact that it's something new. Like whoever's tuned into my show is outside the box too. Instead of it being regular Hot 97, people, where they're yeah. like, yo, what the fuck, what the hell's going on here? You know what I'm saying? So I, I designed my show to be like that. And then I show I'm all over the world. One day I'm here, I'm in China, like literally the next day, Dubai the next day. So I'm, I'm already cultural. Like, I don't know, I feel like I'm like 
connected with the planet in a certain way. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just gotta have an ear. You just gotta have an ear for music and respect, like, you know, you gotta respect, like, dubstep. You gotta respect EDM. You gotta respect, like, trans. I remember I went to fucking, uh, I was near, I went to Transylvania one time. They have their own different kind of, like, you know, house music there. You can't just be playing EDM. So, but I'm not stupid. I, I don't mind learning. So, wherever I go, I link the biggest DJ there. Like, you know, the DJ tells me, you remember? I mean, yo, Pat, who the fuck is here? I need to know what I got. Yeah, you need to know what's going on. Yeah. Yo, sure. I don't, I, I'm not scared of learning. And then, and then, and then at the end of the day, you'll tell me, like, all right, these are the 20 guys that's kicking ass here. But I'm going to choose what I think in my head I want to play. I'm not just going to play them because they're hot. I'm, a, I'm still going to have my creative choices with the mix that I do. And you see that promoters all over the country, love, like all over the world love me because when I come there, they sell bottles. Cause at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck about the DJ, man. They care about you standing there, you bring in soccer players, you bring in celebrities and you sell bottles. If you don't Make sell no bottles, you're not getting booked. I don't give a fuck who you, you are. You're out of here. You know what I'm saying? That's what I buy. And I'm a cool guy. I, 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 I always send you guys other DJs and you guys always hit me back, yo, fuck that nigga, man. Fuck him, yo. I'm never fucking with him. <laughs> but hey, I'm a good guy. But a lot of DJs don't understand that. They want to be themselves. They want to play what they like. And then you know me. I sacrifice everything to play for the people that's there. Whether it's rich white kids, crazy, like, African kids. Uh, you took me to Indian clubs. You took me, like, all kinds of shit, like, everywhere. Everything that I fucking, like, Asian spots, like, you kind of, like, taught me to, like, assimilate in all these like locations where it makes sense. And I took it with me because remember UK was the first place we went. It was South Africa and then UK. And then I took all that shit and all that knowledge and I took it to China. You remember China, they don't speak no English. You're in Taipei and Chinese motherfuckers jumping up and down anything. <laughs> but you just, you know, that nigga's just like, yo, my, my boy was like, yo, just, yo, just play crisscross, just play crisscross. Niggas are still like, they don't care, but it's like you have to. I have. I can't be playing Jay Z because they don't give a fuck about Jay Z over there. I gotta play fucking Bieber. I gotta play, you know, like all the top fifty top pop songs. You know, I wouldn't play Bieber in your club. I wouldn't play fucking, you know, Britney Spears. And then you guys look at me like I'm crazy because I'm in a uh, a club that's popping bottles. But in China, you gotta have a straight pop set. But I had to like sacrifice what I think is hot so people so people keep booking me. A lot of people be like, yo, who kid don't DJ? Who kid don't cut? Who kid don't scratch? But guess what? Who kid constantly gets booked? Even now, with Corona, niggas are trying to book me. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to die out here. <laughs> I'm still stay at home, man. Yeah, I'd rather just do, I'd rather just die here. So, I'd rather just chill here. I'm not gonna be DJing and thousand people. I get locked up and all this stupid shit. They're locking people up out here. Like, you know, and then it's, it's, it's never like a good look. Like, even if you do an ill party and there's a thousand people and it's crazy, but, and you put it on your Instagram, now, oh my God, yo, this coronavirus, COVID, like, why would you do that? This is wrong. People, yeah. like, they got to go home to their mother, people getting sick. So it's always like a bad vibe. I want to DJ because I'm thirsty, but at the end of the day, I'd rather be safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 the private sector is where it's at now, you know? So I'm assuming uh, Amir is getting into that now because Dubai. <laughs> It, yo, Dubai is like paying like Drake just to come to like a private C16, two, three hundred thousand. Like, 
and have a DJ there. 5,000, 10,000. So you might as well just do that, you know? Yeah, I think that the the to- the live business is 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 definitely gonna. How's the club? How's the clubs in the UK still shut down? Still shut. Yeah, yeah. everything shut down. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So we have to like that. The, the the good thing about this Corona shit, I have seven things going on right now that I would never think of doing. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm making money, and it and I lost. I ain't up front. I lost like hundred eighty thousand because I had six. I had six residencies this year. Like I was gonna do. Atlantic City, you know how they do live on Sundays? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. do Atlantic City Sundays. Like I was gonna do Who Army Sundays or whatever, whatever name they were gonna call it. I was supposed to do every Sunday at Toronto, at Dubai, and then I had Miami and Vegas, like locked. So I, my money was set. Corona came, fuck you. It just shut, it shut everything down. So I had to like figure other shit to do. But now I have seven things. So the thing that's cool, when everything, the vaccine comes out, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna come out in the UK. I heard. I heard you guys got it already. I just, <laughs> but once the vaccine comes the fuck out, I'm gonna have seven things plus the fucking clubs. You know what I'm saying? And then the fucking thing is, when is it gonna stop though? Because I'm like fucking fifty. When the fuck is this shit gonna stop? Like I don't understand. Am I gonna have a heart attack? Like in the DJ <laughs> booth with, with y'all with pussy and shit? Like I think y'all. But I'd rather go out like that. If, if, if I gotta die in the DJ booth with some pussy and Patrick is trying to like. <laughs> Wake me up! I hope he don't do mouth to mouth with this. Punch me in my chest, no, you know me, bro. Yeah, 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 just punch me in my chest, man. I don't know, man. But, you know, it's crazy. But you gotta, you gotta admit. Even Amir told me a million times, like he doesn't understand why, like all these other whack DJs is out there. They just don't like. What am I doing? That's so incredible. I'm not doing nothing crazy here. Very simple. <laughs> Just for the record, I never called anyone whack DJ. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I, I respect the DJ. Thank you. So you've been doing this for a very long time. You've traveled around the world. You sold shitloads of mixtapes. A lot. People like these are like even now people can't sell those units what you were selling back then. Um what's the future now for you? What do you what do you want to do? Like I know you've always a guy who's creative. You're always releasing like some piece of clothing, or you're doing some kind of like new technology shit, like with your radio show as well. What is what is the future for Hookie? Um, right now, uh, the guy that does Hot Ones, um, he's like the the producer. He's uh, actually gonna be producing my show now. So I got a I got a TV show that they're putting like it's kind of like a night interview style uh, TV show. Which is uh, it's kind of like connected with Coachella because I was supposed to do Coachella this year. I was supposed to do like a clubhouse where I interview and everybody turn up at the clubhouse, and then whichever artist I'm with, I go on stage with the artists that I'm gonna have the show with. So now Coachella got pushed to April, so uh, I gotta wait till then, I guess, uh, to solidify all that. But um, yeah, I'm just I think TV and uh, or anything that's kind of like. Uh, viral online television style interview shit is where I'm going next. Cause I do a lot of wild interviews and a lot of artists are comfortable. So, um, because of the relationships I have with them. So it's not like Q and A and sometimes they, they talk crazy or sometimes it's cool, but it's always like a great interview. So the guy was like, yo, why don't we just like format this for like Netflix or format this for like, you know, HBO or something crazy. So I'm working on that right now. And that will be next for me. And that should be the big finale. 
I'd say with my barber, I probably got like two years left for <laughs> my hair is my hair. Yeah, we already did research on how long my do hair what, uh, Do what Tiger and the toilets did, man. <laughs> what was that stuff? Put that shit in here. I don't know if I can do all that. That's like a hundred racks, man. It's like oh, okay, I got so one of your cars, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just get a car. Fuck it, man. Yo, this shit, this shit, shit is crazy, I, isn't yeah. it? Like, Tiger's... Shit is wild, man. But uh, I think marketing... I'm, I'm going to be a marketing genius because I, 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 I seem to know the map of the music, music industry because I fuck with like, you know, Steve Rifkin, I fuck with all the execs now. Mm -hmm. So now I, instead of me flipping and dealing with idiot artists, I rather just fuck with the, the people behind them. So I'm cool with all of them. And I got labels. Cause if you, if you I mean, I don't know if you peep my Instagram, you'd be seeing like Def Jam mm -hmm. reposting me. Def Jam is like, you know, like, like Sony Atlantic records. So I decided to go that route. I shouldn't even be saying this because I don't want DJs, but at the end of the day, DJs didn't grow up with all the people that's like A&Rs or head execs yeah. or president. Of these <clears throat> even if they try to copy, those presidents are going to be like, yo, get the fuck out of here, man. Because I was there when they were losers. That's why you can't diss nobody in, in, in the music industry because a guy who's a loser this year could be like the president next year. So, so I've always been like a humble guy that's like, I, I'm not to say that I'm a, you know, I, I, I could sense a, a loser from all the way, but at the end of the day, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? You just, you just can't be dissing people like that. But 20 years in, and these guys are like presidents and they're running shit, they have a different respect for me because I I, I actually was there in the beginning and, and looked up to them and gave them like tips and shit like that. So now, so I'm gonna make more money than me. That, that's why I fuck with you. If you ever see it, I'm always with like Diplo. I'm always with fucking like Tiesto or you know, like Calvin Harris and shit like that. Like Steve Aoki, I tour with Steve Aoki. Like, it's, it, I feel like relationships, is, 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 a relationship is, is the way to survive the industry. It doesn't matter how old you are. And you know, at the end of the day, the industry is symbolic anyway. So that's why you always used to like push my logo, push my photos. So symbolism kind of like keeps you like current. But at the end of the day, if you don't got no relationship and you know this, this is proof. Like promoters be like, yo, kid is the illest. They don't even look at the age anymore. They don't look at like, they don't look at race. They don't look at color. All they look at is green, like the money. Like the money, I don't know what color your fucking shit is over there, but they look at that color and they, <laughs> and they see that this shit came when I came there. The, 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 the racialness is over. There's no race like issues or oh he's black or he's whatever it's all about like all right dj who kid all they remember is who kid who mm. kid came here it was popping we want to book him again let's wait for like two three months because you know you, you guys are crazy yeah you, you're telling me people can't keep coming Come back and shit it's not like here vegas i do vegas three four times a week man like it is, it's, they don't care people are turning up every day they, you know people do drugs drugs who kid is the best night of their life, man. It's over, man. It's, it's, you know, you've seen it, man. But at the end of the day, I think the the relationship is the reason why I'm still like current and I'm cool. And you have to have the full 360 now. Like I've DJed all the fashion parties. I've been in Italy. Like I fuck with like, you know, uh, Armani. I got like, you know, a lot of like designers that fuck with me and I DJ for Mercedes. And Yo, who kid, who kid is so connected, P? One day we went to uh, Nobu, right? Me, who kid, and a free friend of ours, right? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you the story. We get to the front door and they're like, nah, sir, you can't come in because I think you had like shorts or something on. I said, yeah, I had like I had jean shorts and I had like some Yeezys. Yeah, I was looking cool. I was like, you can't come yeah. in. And Hookie was like, yo, man, what the fuck? Like, I know, I know Nobu. He was like, mm. okay, mate. And he's like, yo, is he, Hookie's like, is he in there? He's like, yeah. He's like, call him. I was looking at Hookie's face yo, like, yo, bro, do you really know him? Uh, I hope you know yeah, like, yeah. Hey, We're going to look crazy. <laughs> yo, but, but, yo, but, but this is the funny thing is uh, uh, Amir was like, because I was I was being uh, like an ignorant Negro on purpose. I was like, nigga, <laughs> yeah. get that nigga yeah. over here right <laughs> now. Yo, they were like, yo. So they went in there. And then he he he, asked, he, he so believed that I did yeah, not yeah. know this guy. Everybody in the front the, door was looking at Hookie like, yo, who are you, man? You're talking who shit. the hell is this guy? Yo, yeah. I was thinking, yo, Hookie, are you telling the truth? Like, are we gonna are we gonna get beat up right now? <laughs> we almost took him to the club yeah. that night. If he didn't have to go to Africa, he had to go to South Africa. His flight was 6 a.m. So he was like, ah, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna come because you know the clubs you book me are cool. It's not Yo, like sushi. Shit, so yeah. I would have had to Can you imagine Nobu? That would have been the first ever Nobu. Liberty, yeah. That would be crazy. That would be he, came, he, came, he came out, I was like, yo, who came? And he was like, yo, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> yo, and then, yo, then he's cooking for us. He's like, yeah. what do you want? I was, I was like, and then the, remember at the end, but yo, I could have been a piece of shit and be like, yo, fuck out of here. But I, I still yeah. laughed with the dude and I told him, yeah. I, I, I told the dude, yo, I was fucking with you, you know what I'm saying? Because I do this, because I'm not from here. I'm from, you hear my accent. So obviously you can't give me the dress code rules if you see if you hear it i'm not from here i just got that's here. right should be, should be different. yeah i'm from america mm. yo and then it, it's not like i look like a bum with timberlands <laughs> like i'm from new york you know what i'm saying like Bro, i, like I went i, I went timberlands what's, what's wrong with timberland man tory lane's over here patrick lane's no, but, like, nah, but yeah. Those stories are endless. It's always like Yo, that. Yo, who kids? Give us, like you got to give us one 50, 50 cent story, man. Like, because this is how we became familiar with you. Like, this is how we got to know you. But you got to give us one 50 cent story because there's so many. Wait, 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 wait. Was, was, was who kid in Manchester at the time when you had that yeah. issue? Yeah, oh, yo, yo. <laughs> yo. I was upstairs. Yo, this time, or left. Now I'm going to get into a fight. <laughs> and then who can call me like, Having cool, man. But you know who can go is like having cool. I'm like, bro, I need to go fucking take it out. Because like, the bank's fucking trying to get extra bottles. And then yo, fifty came out. Did you know that fifty came out of the hotel? Yeah, that's no. crazy. Like diesel yo, and everything. Fifty's a real gangster, man. Like he's really bad. Fifty's crazy because I remember when uh when I had to like physically meet him for the first time, I was really scared to see him because. He got shot the fuck up. So the bullet they said went in his face, like and came out the other side. So I thought it was like a walking dead. So I was like, damn. And, and my cousin was like, yo, you gotta go see him. If you you know, he wants to hire you to be the DJ. Like, I was like, I'm gonna get hired. First of all, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even think I was like trying to be his DJ. Like, what are you telling me right now? This is before he even blew up. Yeah. So like, what that? you're my cousin, you're gonna be the fucking DJ. What year was yeah? that? It's like this is like when he got shot up. Like I forgot what I forgot what year. It was like two thousand or something. 
three yeah. or two, whatever. This one he your, got shot. Your cousin up, was so at the label, right? It's at the label. Um, yeah, he, money. Was, he was like, Shaw Money XL was like, you know, after he got shot, he was like, yo, I don't want to hire like a DJ. I just want a family member to be the DJ. I don't care if they don't know how to DJ. We People are trying to like fuck with us or we're going to kill somebody or somebody trying to kill us. We, it has to be a blood relative. But who can explain to the people how real it was with, with the whole G-Unit movement? Like, people were trying to kill you. It was crazy. I mean, they tried, they, yeah, they tried <laughs> to kill his ass. And then at the end of the day, they, yo, they, they fucking got like, they got me a vest. When I got, how real it was, I got a vest on the day I got hired. They gave me a bulletproof vest. That's how you know it's and, real when you get the vest. <laughs> yeah, like, like, they were like, yo, we have 300 shows, so... If you have a, a wife or a girlfriend, tell her, fuck out of here when you're not going to be home. <laughs> yo, that's why he told me. He said, yo, if you got a, a wife or a girl, you live with her, tell her, fuck out of here. You're not going to wow. be home like six months. We have 300 shows and we have like some days is like three shows in one day. Like we did every hood club in America. Shootouts, people dying. Like get rid of that trying, the guy dying in the back. That's real. Like it's not, like, obviously like, we did go and perform while the dead body was back there, but they redid the Get Rich or Die Trying in a different way. Like his enemy got killed and then he performed, but it was a random person that got killed. And then the, the promoter was like, yo, if 50 Cent cancels, more people are gonna get killed. So we still <laughs> had to perform. Like we had to perform in that shit so other people yo, don't get now killed. The, Police, yo, nowadays the artists get threatened, they don't come to the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even show up. Like, <laughs> That's why, yo, I be laughing. I mean, I, I'm not going to diss, like, artists, like, you know, like Nas. Yeah. They're, like, legends and shit like that. But we went to, like, you know, Iraq, like, for the troops. They were like, yo, we we want, like, a big artist to come here. And all of them canceled. They were scared to go. 50 Cent was like, we out. <laughs> I was like, what? Go to Iraq? Fuck out of here, yo. And then, yo, we landed, in, we landed in Kuwait. And then the fucking jumbo jet landed. And they're taking out all the dead wow. troops out. And I'm like... Yo, this is real, yo. They take it, yo. And that's the same jet we're getting on next. So they had to take their bodies out. They took the coffins out because they sent them to America to do the, you know, the, the proper funeral or whatever. So they, they put them on the plane we got on. And then we got on the plane that the dead bodies was on, that people were dying every day out there in Iraq. So when we got on there, they put bulletproof vests on us again. They put it on my ass, too. I had, like, three vests. I had one in my front. <laughs> At one on the side, and they put it on my ass because they, you know, the, I guess the, the the enemy just keeps shooting at the planes going by. So you don't want, you know, how big those bullets are. You don't want that shit going through the plane and then you get shot in the ass. So they, they put a vest. Yo, I'll never forget that day. The guy was like the 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 general, or I guess it was like the assistant general was like, yo, you might die today. So like he told it straight up. He said if if if, if a missile hit the base or if you hear any kind of shooting. Don't run around. People who run around are the ones that get killed. Just go down slow and lay, like, and then just right. hopefully you don't get hit. Heart for the best. Yeah. Yo, can you imagine they're telling you this, like, before you get there to do the show? I was like, yo, I'm looking at Lloyd <laughs> Banks, like, he looks like, Lloyd Banks, like, he's about to cry and shit. Yo, I got this, if, yo, I got this infamous photo where 50 looked like he saw, like, the devil fucking. Saddam Hussein, fucking Dracula. Like, he saw, like, eight scary motherfuckers at the same time with the biggest shotgun, ready to kill him. Like, 
Like, he was like, this is some real ass shit. We thought it was Bob Hope. We thought it was like people with like flags waiting for us. Yo, it was some real shit when we got there. And then the troops respected us because everybody canceled on them. They're, they're out there risking their lives and their friends. Like, you have a friend today, and then your friend died the next day. So we were like, fuck it. 50 was like, yo, we going there. And then that's the first time. I mean, I've seen it many times after, because we've toured all over Africa. Because Africa is the only place you see people with AK-47 shooting in the sky while we're performing. You know what I'm saying? But the troops was the first one. Like, the U.S. Army was like, when we did What Up Gangsta, yo, AK's <laughs> Uzis was like, I was like, yo, don't their bullets gotta come the fuck back down? Yo, what the fuck are they doing, yo? Yo, I had like a helmet on. I never DJ with a helmet. I had the helmet. Had like, yo, it was like 130 yo. degrees out there in Iraq. I almost yo, died you have on footage of that? Bro, I was like, yo, it was like, yo, bro, it was ridiculous, man. And then our, our security guard tried to be tough. He tried to stay outside the, they had us in a trailer. So the mm. general came. And then he, he gave us medals and shit, and he, he hugged us for doing it for the troops. And all, all of a sudden, we heard, like, boom, 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 boom. And then we opened the door, and then our, our both our security guards was unconscious because it was, like, 140 degrees. So they didn't have, like, you know, the troops, that you know, they have water. They have, like, you have to constantly drink water. Mm. So they have, like, little tubes that's out there, like, suits and shit. So these guys didn't have no water. These guys fainted. We had to drag them in the fucking trailer, like, and smack him and wake him up and give him water. They were trying to be tough. Like, come on in. There's nothing to prove here. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. And then when it's time to leave, missiles hit the missiles hit the runway. So we were stuck there, like for like another two hours. And then we finally took off. But you gotta understand, like when when you're on those jets, it don't it don't land like the way you land when you're on fucking. They just get whatever. down in it. They just get down as quick as possible. You're on, yeah, you're on British Airways and the shit's nice and. You know, you got your coffee, and you know you let this shit is like it goes like this. <laughs> you know, the shit is going like two hundred mile power at the land because they're shooting at us, like they're randomly shooting at us, like because we're flying over Iraq, mm. over the enemy. So you can you imagine like this, and then uh, and I'm looking at Banks like uh, I'm looking at fucking fifty like oh, the, oh, I hate you, I'm like I hate you, I hate you. And then the shit, the shit, the plane goes like this. It goes sideways. It goes like this. Like, and so you see the window, but then you see the floor. <laughs> Through the window. The floor. Bro, it's, it's like, yo, I'm not even making this shit up. The shit is like this. And we're all screaming in there. Like, the shit is going, like, the dude was like, I, I remember the army guy. He's like on, on top of it. Yo, get ready. <laughs> we're going down. Uh, yo, we landed like, I was like, what the fuck? Yo, after all that shit, guess where Maybe we went I next? Dubai, first time in Dubai. <laughs> so I went from Iraq to 20 girls. The, the prince got me, like the prince's son got me 20 girls the fuck. Can you imagine going through all that? And then you go to Dubai for the first time. We were at that, you know that shit, the, the, the sale, the famous, yeah, the birds, yeah. We, can you imagine they gave all of us suites? The barber, the fucking bag handler, everybody had the same room. Nobody had a whack room. And then I went in my room, cause I had to DJ the after party. And then the prince son, who owns the club, had 20 girls in my room. And then I'm like, yo, what am I, a fucking porn star? I can't fuck <laughs> I picked two, and I called the whole crew to come get the girls. Yes. And then Banks is over here trying to kick lyrics. I'm like, yo, bro, you pay for them. What are you, what are you? Oh, I'm from Queens. Yo, so this is a, you know, I'm this from, is a, you know, like, you know, they have to talk. 
Look at this. Talking about Yo, this, look at this is a family <laughs> podcast. We don't want to talk about those things. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep it real here, man. I'll, I'll I apologize. I'm listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh-huh. you gotta like fuck to have a family, right? No, so, who can? <laughs> Yo, moving on, moving on. You met Gaddafi, right? Yeah, that was crazy. Two times. And would, is that same time you met Michael Jackson with Gaddafi? Was that or am I mixing it? No, no, no. Gaddafi separate. Gaddafi, um, I DJ like some of his parties separate, like his sons. I DJ for a lot of his sons, like. Like uh, Junior, I DJ like three parties for his, um, I think his third son. Um, and then one of them, we went to, we actually went to Venice and that's where I met him, Gaddafi and another. Yo, didn't, didn't Gaddafi like, or his son brought, brought like 50 cents outfit and 50 just took all his clothes off and gave Yeah, yeah, the son, yeah, the son, uh, he was like, uh, that was in Venice. That's when I first met him. We did like a billionaire party for him. Like all billionaires, like this was uh, crazy. Like we went in there, and then uh, I'm not gonna talk about one of the gangster rappers that's with us, but I went to go. Um, you know, I gotta go do sound check, so I went out there to do this, the tuning. But I went, I, I went there, and then I, I went back to the, the dressing room. But then I forgot something, so I, I went back out there to get it. But while I'm going back out there, there's a nosy gangster rapper that's with us. So he goes out there. He's ahead of me. So. Uh, he doesn't see that I'm behind him. And then one of the billionaire guys, you know, just start kissing him, like kissing him in his face and his mouth and shit like that. So <laughs> yo. I, I, I turn I turn, <laughs> yo, I turn my head like, yo, I, yo, I act like I didn't see him because he's bad case. I'm, talk, you know I'm, so, I'm talking about the 50 cent. <laughs> what the- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. But, unless you're going yeah, to give us a name. Unless oh, you're going to give us a name then. <laughs> Please reveal. Nah, it, wasn't, it wasn't no tongue kissing or that. It was just like, you know how, you know how people receive the kiss bro. each other like a time. Like so, all right, all right. So anyway, so uh, we went back to the room. I, I escaped because I didn't want him to see that I saw that. So when I run back, I run back to the room. Gaddafi comes in there. His son was like, yo, I don't want to disrespect you, but uh, I want your whole outfit. Like I saw that leather unit military thing you had. And I, I don't want to respect you, but I'm, I'm a wire three hundred fifty thousand to your account, and then fifty cent was <laughs> butt ass naked. Yo, and I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, I got some G's here for like twenty k, man. I got some G with G's, yo. And he, he started laughing and shit. But I think he really wanted to wear, he really wanted the leather outfit. And then he actually, we did another show in Rome, and he came to meet us, and then he had. The outfit on, but the funny thing, he's skinny as fuck. So the outfit, you know, he looked like a we call him like a, a wet raisin. The nigga looked like a raisin, you know. Like the shit was like sagging. The G was like down you here, like because you gotta be like, big. You gotta be big to wear it. But he's like, it's like a skinny guy wearing like uh because you can't like shrink that. It's, it's leather. The whole outfit was leather. So yo, you can't shrink. So fifty is like, yo, just take it. Give me the money, bro. We went back. On you know, cause you know yeah. Venice, there's boats, so there's mm-hmm. no cars. So I'm on the I'm on those like mini boats going back to the hotel with him. This guy is in white <laughs> underwear, white socks, butt ass. He's like, yo, fuck that. And then we were with that um famous uh, tennis player, uh, Karnakova. What's the Russian name? one? The, the Anna Karnakova. Yeah, yeah, she was with us laughing. She's with me and her laughing at fifty. And this nigga's like, yo, and then sure enough. 
$350,000 in the account, man. That's just crazy. That's wild, man. But that, that's only like one of the times. That's like one, like one of the moments, you know. We've had like like African leaders come in like the suitcases or like 300 G's, 400 G's. You'll come to fucking, you know, Angola right now. And then 50 be like, yo, we are with Angola. I'm like, yo, man. Did you ever meet the guy in Angola that um, kidnaps people, takes their passport away? Hostage. Scoop told us, oh, Scoop no, told us a story about how he was held hostage. But every time uh, Fatma Scoop asked for his uh, passport, he gave him 10 racks. He was like, yo, I'll go tomorrow. He got 10 racks. He ended up like 40 racks. <laughs> His like Akon came to the party too, and Akon was like, don't worry, man, we'll be okay. <laughs> that happened to him in uh, Beirut too. I, I did a party in Beirut, and then uh, I DJ in Beirut a lot. I DJ in Beirut like four or five times, and then the one time I I, I told he called me, he was like, "Yo, is this cool to go there?" I was like, "Yo, it's amazing. It's great." I mean, the Beirut I went to, you know, the, the missiles hit the buildings. You could see like the holes in the buildings where the war was or whatever. But people still party. Like the mm. club is still there. They had me. They had like uh, like Diplo like a week before me. So I thought it was cool. So I told Fat Man Scoop, "Yo, go there, get that money, man." So he goes there, and then all of a sudden, some federal, I, I guess the, the 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 country's security went to his hotel. Was like, "Yo, you can't leave." They held him for two weeks because his last name his last name is like Jewish or some shit. I don't know, like his last name is weird. So they kept him there. And then they they, they investigate, like they didn't even tell him anything. He was like, I'm never fucking going there. Like, you know, they had like, he was like eating, he thought he was gonna get killed, but he was in a hotel. They kept it, they didn't lock him up, but they kept him in a hotel. So he can't leave happen. I think he's only gonna go through that shit. Why does he go oh, through this shit man. all the time? And he's the nicest guy. He's the <laughs> nicest guy on the planet. Who who kid? Um What's your views on the current state of hip hop today compared to the time of G Unit era? I mean, it's. I mean, I think it's. It's kind of like. I mean, I, I was part of like a legendary group, so it's hard to ask me that question because I was always lit. I was always on MTV. I did Top of the Pops. I did all the fucking touring. We did every TV show. So we were lit and on our own, and I wasn't paying attention to like other people's Anyone career. Else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I only paid attention to like, you know, like Snoop Dogg, Ludacris, shit like that. Like the top of the top. Like, um, we always was the shit. So it's, I mean, now these, the only thing is technology. Te technology got these kids lit. Like, you know, yeah. I do all it, it, make, it makes them lit quicker, isn't it? And remember, the, yeah. the music is different now. So the mm. 808 kick, the bass. Mm. Back then, everything was like, you know, my era was gangster rap. Okay. Yeah. Like, so definitely, definitely a difference in music. You know, our, our music is like militant style. Like when we perform, we see Eminem, 100,000 people, hands in the air, back and forth. So we had a militant style. But now it's amazing that I even assimilated to that style, like to deal with like the, the South Sides, the Metro Boomin, yeah. all these. So I have to like, all these young kids was under me too. Like, you know, they all like looked up to me. So now I had to convert to their shit where the new white kid or the new kid itself, cause we call them white kids, the white kids be turning the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like a rock, it's like a fucking rock. Like, like yeah. it's crazy, it's with 808s and the bass. 
that's why they don't really care about the lyrics too much. Because if you're fucking, people just know, they just want to hear the hook and, and the beat. And that's it, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's my experience. I don't see people like lyrically going crazy unless it's like a Kendrick Lamar show, or J. Cole. Mm. Like everybody wow. else is just, they say the same shit. Uh, I, got a, I got a pepper on my neck. I got a pepper on my neck. I got a pepper on my neck. It's just Why do I need to worry about that lyric for? If he's yeah. gonna tell me 20 times that he has a pepper on his neck, okay, I know you have a pepper on his neck. I don't have to say it then. I don't have to fucking recite it. It's yeah, not no, like you're you right. guys, you know, Amir knows a Wu-Tang song or a Tropical Quest or mm. Jay song from like 20, 30 years ago. Like, you know the lyrics. Now you can't tell me like what was last year's hit. Yeah, it's just too quick so, in it. You can't compare. I can't. I can't even give you the answer because it's two different eras, mm. and I'm in this era now. So mm. I'm in it. Like, that's all I do. I DJ the. Like I did. I did this festival in Canada. Like forty thousand kids. That shit is like crazy. Like that's why I'm addicted to that shit. Like control. Um, I'm just glad I did it with fifty. I opened up for Eminem. Like yeah. I was nervous to go and DJ for 100,000 people, but now I can do that shit with my eyes closed. I don't even use headphones. That's why Patrick be like, yo, wear headphones. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pulls up, looks at the screen, <laughs> presses play, let's go. If, 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 I, if, I do 50 cent, if I do 50 cent shows, I do yeah. 200, like 100 something, 200 shows a year, mm. and I do a like clockwork like a robot, and it's 50,000 people, so already, I'm not nervous anymore. Like, yeah. why, you're gone. So who kid, is that why 50 curses yeah. you out on stage? <laughs> yeah, always, every time I get cursed out, it's never during the show. It's at the end of the show. When he wants to do random shit, he thinks I'm a mind reader, and then he thinks I'm supposed to read what's in his head. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I mean, the one, the one time I fucked up was on the Jay-Z tour, and then I pressed like a Jaru song. <laughs> <laughs> That was no mistake. That was no mistake. Yeah, that's definitely uh, no mistake. You know, you know, you gotta understand, like, when there's like fifty thousand people and you fuck up, and you're the DJ, you you have this this thing that is like you don't you're blind now. It's like all you see is lights. <laughs> you know the guy you're DJing for is gonna beat the shit out of you. Like, so it's like this horror. It's like it's like it's, it's like. When uh, 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 when you see Scarface and you see like he's about to kill that homie for messing with his sister, that yeah. weird sound. <laughs> Bro, I know. First of all, I know I'm about to get fucked up. So you, it's just like I don't see the buttons anymore. I don't see why I gotta press, and I don't see anything ahead of me. So I just go like this. I just it's like I close my eyes, and then I just yo, because you have yo seconds can feel like an hour mm. because. He wants you to play something crazy ill to make the crowd go crazy. That pressure is like something you don't ever want to experience. You you black out or white out. I call it a white out. You don't see nothing. You don't hear shit. And you just be so nervous, you press any button. Sometimes I press a, a song that we already did. P.I.M.P., we did that. P.I.M.P. be like the fucking third song. And then we're like on the 20th song. I press, because I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm gonna kill you, man. Yo, it's crazy, man. That's why I was so happy on the first sets. I was like on this really tall, like, because you have yeah. to climb up there. So 50 couldn't climb up there to kill me. So you have to wait. You have to wait till the show is over to get me like in the back. And I always escape. Like I always like I get on like the, the golf cart 
And then they, they yo, everybody was like, yo, who can they get beat up? Let's put Hookie in the golf cart and get him out of here. And then by the time he calmed down, then we got the next show the next day. But I always do the show perfect. Like, can you imagine, like, you do, like, a two-hour show, like a robot, and at the end, yo, I still got hits. Keep it going. I'm like, yo, we did every fucking song. What do you want me to do? So I'm playing, like, freestyles and shit like that. And we're, like, in fucking Hungary. Like, they don't even know what the fuck. What the, what the hell's a freestyle? So they don't know what the hell's going on. So now I look crazy. Kill the DJ. That's why he started with that kill the DJ shit. Kill the DJ. So it's huh. over. Whatever. But I got fired 48 times. I never got to 50. You still got tired, man. 50 still does shows. Yo, so, who kid, man? This has been a, a great chat. This is the longest chat we, we've had the guest mm. on for. And, uh, yeah, no, facts. And I know you you got have boring ass guests, man. You got to fucking leave, man. Yo. The next time, your family. Yo, next time, get a guest on. We'll do it with you and a, an artist, man. All right, let's do it, man. Yo, let's see what's up. Preferably, yeah, preferably female. No, no, no. <laughs> not for this guy. Yo, no, no, baby, that will not be a family show. <laughs> let's get, let's get, let's get like a legend on, man. Someone like I don't know, someone like I don't know, like Snoop Dogg or someone. You're like, you're like Chingy or somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I said legend, <laughs> legend. Yo, he definitely not book you in no live base anymore, man. <laughs> yo, we don't book it Chingy, man. Shout out to Chingy, shout out to Chingy, good people. But yo, so, who kid? Thanks, man. Thank you so much for your time. I know people can't... Yo, where, where, there, where, there. where can we uh, find you on your socials, who kid, for the listeners, before we forget? Oh, what was that? Social what media. Where can, where can the listeners find you on uh, social media? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, you can follow me at DJ Who Kid. That's DJ W-H-O-O-K-I-D. And uh, it's unfortunate, like, where you guys is at. You got to have, like, a U.S. phone to listen to my uh, Sirius XM shit, my Eminem channel, uh, Shade 4-5. But every weekend I'm on the radio, and then my 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 lives, I do it like, like, once a week. So mostly Wednesdays. I do Wednesdays, I do my live. I was have like, I had, like, El Cool J recently, I had like Bob Saget. Yo, help, I had like help Fatman scoop out. He's trying to get Ella Cool J on his show, man. And Ella Cool J skipped on him. Nah, nah, he had him. I think he had him yesterday. I worked out. Okay. Oh, I think Fatman so. scoop had him. Yeah, yeah, I think yesterday. Ella Cool J is like a legend, man. He's like a movie star now, man. He's the guy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But yo, so your your uh, radio show every Wednesday is live. Yeah, every Wednesday I, I, I try my best to do a live with like an A list and. uh I did uh, Jack Harlow, was um, was my like like last week, and then uh, but usually it's always like crazy people. Ti, I always interview like people that got like millions of followers, you know. And then uh, I had like uh, I did one with Marshmallow that was crazy, um, but it's always somebody that you wouldn't even believe that's yeah. on there. I'm trying to get Madonna. Madonna's gonna be uh, I think like two two weeks and shit. So like oh. the reason we set this podcast up is like, yo, cause now there's no more clubs for a while. So we just went building, bringing the nightclub community and kind of like bring on the DJs and the artists that kind of perform in these clubs and kind of talk about, share some stories yeah. and, and you know, we do business with them and they can tell us like how we fucked up or what we did good and stuff like that. So we want to get more guests on. So who kid do a mixtape, man, set up a, set up a radio podcast mixtape with us. Let's get some more guests on. Yo, respect, Ruki. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, yeah. You've been three hours late, but who cares, you know? Oh, yeah, I didn't even, you know, you should have reminded me, man. I went, like, 
deep in Long Island to pick up some shit. Then I came back. I was stuck in traffic. Oh, man, bro. Look after yourself, man. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Next Stay one. safe, bro. All right. See you. Very well. <laughs> <laughs>